Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Oh, yeah. Let's try that again. Good morning. How you feeling? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here with you guys, and I'm just pumped about what God is going to do. Uh, if you are watching online or a video venue, uh, let's welcome them. Let's put our hands together for those who are joining us in multiple places. Glad to have you guys, and I'm just excited about what God is going to do. It has been a while, and you know, I'm going to get comfortable. Y'all going to go with me this morning? All right, good. Uh, so, uh, all in. Okay, when I, I came up with the title and we were discussing it, nobody told me of its connection to something else. I, I didn't realize until uh, orange bags started to be dropped off in my office and I was getting comments from people online. Uh, so I guess some school named Clemson or something like that. Um, <laughs> named it and uh this guy named Davos Sweeney um I think he's a coach or something um he he labeled this thing called all in so I did hear though uh for the next few weeks Clemson fans are not gonna miss church because all in is their motto and Davos called them and told them to be there so I'm really excited about that fact and just grateful for what God is going to do and uh all in, really, if you look at this quote by Dabo, it says, all in is not just a slogan. It's a way of life here, and it's about being committed to just doing the best you can with what you've got. And through the next few weeks, we're going to talk about being all in in a few different areas. We're going to talk about being all in on who God has created you to be, that God has a plan for your life, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God didn't make a mistake when he made you. And not only being all all in on who you are personally, but being all in on the opportunities that God lays before you, that there's a task, there is something that God has called all of us to, called all of us to do, and we need to be all in on that, fully committed. And finally, really being all in here at our church. I know we attend and some of us serve, but I want us all to be all in on where God has taken us as a church and being a part of that and playing our part in that story. Amen. All right, so let's pray and get started. God, thank you so much for this day and what you are about to do. I am excited and waiting with anticipation on what you will say to us. Give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So life is full of questions. It seems like we are always answering questions in life. Uh, sometimes they're really simple, like what day is it? What time is it? And should we go to the beach? Very simple questions, right? But, but sometimes they're a little bit more complicated or complex. They cause a little bit more thinking, you know, like, should I marry this person? Don't look to the left or the right. It's okay. Look straight. Look at me. Should I marry this person? Or, or should I change careers? Or is it too late to change my major? Or a really complicated one in my house. Honey, what do you want to eat today? Oh, not for y'all? Okay. That's just for me. All right. But, 
But I think there are three major questions that we all have to answer in life. And the first one is, who is Jesus to me? And most of us in here, most of us watching have either already answered that question or we're in the midst of exploring that because you're here today. And I'm so glad. For me, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I know most of you have answered that. And if you haven't, today can be your day. But there are two other questions that are vital and important and they demand an answer out of us. And those questions are, why am I here? And what is my purpose? You see, everybody is searching for meaning in life. Everybody is searching for an answer to those two questions. So much so that uh, Rick Warren wrote a book about it. And for 90 weeks, it was on the bestsellers list because people want to know the answer to these questions. That uh, why am I here and what is my purpose? A very simple way to answer these two questions. The first one, why am I here, is that you are created on purpose to fulfill a purpose, that you are not an accident. You may have been a whoops to your parents, but you are not an accident. You are purpose by design that God created you for this moment, for this time that he wanted you to be in this earth at this particular season of earth's history because he has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you to fulfill. And you're saying, okay, I hear you preacher, but what is my purpose? Your purpose is, I would, Your purpose is to make a difference in the lives of others. That's boiling it down very simply, but that's why you were created. To make a difference in the life of others. That when you leave this earth, that somebody has been impacted because you existed. That somebody's life is different. That somebody's life has been changed because you have been alive. And I know some of you are looking at me now and saying, well, okay. Yeah, that might be for other people, but that's not for me. And a lot of times that's how we look at it. We can see the value in others. We can see the significance in other people. And uh, scripturally speaking, we all know David. We all know Joshua. We we all know Peter, the uh, disciple. But how, how many of us know the name Shamgar? One hand. Great. Awesome. You see, in Judges 3 and 31, we're introduced to a man who is only talked about twice in Scripture. In Judges 3 and 31 and in Judges 5 and 6, we're going to read that in a second. But he is not talked about often. But here's the thing. Although he's not talked about a lot, he was a part of God's plan. And because of that, he did something incredible. And I need you to understand that God has created you on purpose to fulfill purpose. And that purpose is to make a difference in the lives of others. And although people may not know your name, although you may not ever go viral, that everybody in here knows who... uh, Uh, Pastor Marty is, but they may not know your name, but your name is just as important to God's plan. It's just as vital to what he is trying to do in the earth. And you've got to be all in on that fact, fully committed to that truth. You are created on purpose to fulfill purpose. So in Judges chapter three and verse 31, we see this guy named Shamgar. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also saved Israel. Judges 5 and 6 gives us a little more context to his story. It says, in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned and travelers kept to the byways. You see, this man named Shamgar was born to Jewish uh, parents at a time of oppression. 
They were born to Jewish parents at a time of difficulty, at a time where it wasn't safe to travel the roads. It wasn't safe to travel by yourself. It, It wasn't safe to have things because they were constantly being attacked by the Philistines, constantly being oppressed. And it's in this particular moment that such a time as this, that Shamgar was born and came into the earth and God used him to do an incredible thing. And I just want to remind you one more time that God wants to do incredible things in your life. If you haven't heard it yet, God still wants to do incredible things in your life. But there is a place that we got to get to. And that place is to be all in on who God has created me to be. And there are three things that Shamgar does in these uh, few verses, few verse rather, that shows us how do we get all in. Here's the first thing is that we give God who you are. You give God who you are. In Shamgar's case, this was a very difficult thing for him to do. You see, uh, his name indicates a little bit about his parents. Although he had Jewish parents and he lived in Israel, his name was a Haranian name, which were people who had settled in uh, what is present-day Syria. And so he is named after people who were foreigners living in Israel. His parents made him an outsider in his own country. But not only that, a close inspection of looking at uh, the son of Anath, when you first read it, it seems like that's just his father's name. But in, in deeper research, you see that he was actually dedicated to the Canaanite goddess Anath, who was the wife of Baal. So not only is he named after a foreigner, He's dedicated to a false God living in Israel. It disqualified him from leadership. It disqualified him from being accepted in community. It put him in a bad place. And you know, sometimes we look at our own history and we look at our own story and we disqualify ourselves. We know where we've been. We know what we've done. And uh, what we like to do is give God a, The image of ourselves we think he will accept. We like to show people and show God an image of ourselves that they will accept in favor. But here's the truth. God will not bless who you pretend to be. And I know it seems like this, uh, we all want to make a a good first impression, but in an effort to make a good first impression, don't wear a mask so long that the mask becomes your identity. God doesn't want a fake version of you. He wants the real you, flaws and all, all the things that you're ashamed of, all the things that you're worried about because God can't fix what you don't surrender to him. And God's not afraid of your issues. He's not afraid of your scars because here's the thing. God will take your scars and your wounds and tell a story of healing. God will take the ashes of your life and create something beautiful, but we have to be willing to surrender that all to him. We've got to surrender that to him. And this is what Shamgar decides. Although I have a a name that doesn't fit a title of leadership, although I was dedicated to something false and I, I was living my life in a way that I shouldn't have been living, at some point in his life, he said, God, if you would have me, I will surrender to you. And what God says in that moment, you are exactly what I've been looking for. I can use you if you surrender your life to me. I can use you if you give me your personality. I know you got flaws. I know there's some rough edges, but 
guess what? I am the potter and you are the clay and I can make you into what I want you to be if you're willing to surrender yourself to me. This is what Shamgar does. He surrenders himself to God. This is what God is asking of us. And here's, here's the real reason why. Not only does he want the real us, but he needs an authentic version of us because you are most effective when you are totally authentic. Your power doesn't come from pretending to be like somebody else. Your power comes when you are most like yourself. God can bless that. He doesn't favor the version of ourselves we make up in our head or the mask we wear. God blesses who we are to do what he has called us to do. Is the second thing that Shamgar does. The second thing that he does is he gives God what he has. And we have to give God what we have. Give God what you have. So, God has called him to the assignment. He is born to help this problem of the Philistine oppression. And Shamgar, at some point, begins to take an inventory of what he has. A surrendered life to God, check. And an ox code, check. And that's about it. How am I going to do what God has called me to do with what? I have. How do I accomplish the dream and the goal that God has placed in my heart with what I have? You see, it seems like Shamgar doesn't have much. But can I tell you that if we would place into God's hands the things that seem like it's nothing to us, that God will do something with it? That my father used to say it like this if we will take our natural, God will put his super on it and do amazing things. We have to surrender what we have to God. Even if we don't think it's valuable, even if we don't think it's important, God can do something amazing with it. Here's the truth. What seems useless to us is powerful when we surrender it to God. What seems insignificant to us is powerful when we hand it over to God. An ox gold literally was an eight-foot-long stick with a pointy end to uh, uh, push the oxen forward if they slow down and a, a chisel-shaped blade to move roots up if they get in the way of the plow. It was a farming tool. It was something to use that farmers and cattle herdsmen, they used that. It was nothing to use in battle. It may have been used if uh, a one-on-one -on -one battle, but there were 600 people. It did not seem sufficient for the task assigned to him. And some of us feel like that. We look at our gifts and talents and uh, what we have and we look at the opportunities before us and we don't see a natural fit. But can I tell you, God does a great job of repurposing what we have if we surrender it to him because he takes a farming tool and uses it as a weapon of war because it was needed in that moment. And what God will do is if you will surrender what you have, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, and the things you have in your hand, what God will do is take those things and make them powerful and make them useful for the assignment that God has placed on your life. Shamgar had to decide 
that if I hold on to this, I can't make it better. But if I surrender this to God, God can do more with this than I can do on my own. We, we see an example of this in Exodus chapter 4. You see, Moses was in the midst of arguing with God. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 1. Moses was in the midst of arguing with God, saying, you know, I, I, I can't do what you asked me to do. God is saying, I want you to go to Israel. I want you to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go and tell my people I'm leading them to a great land and a great place. And Moses is like, no. I can't speak well. And how are they going to believe me? I ran away 40 years ago. It's not going to work, God. And this is what the scripture said. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied, which is a long stick. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw it down down the staff and it turned into a snake stop there that would have been the end of me and God's conversation I would have been going in the other direction thanks God see you next time Moses and me are friends Moses jumped back next verse then the Lord told him reach out and grab its tail Mm -mm, no thanks Lord so Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Here's the reason why God did this. It wasn't because the staff was so special. It was because Moses needed proof that God was with him. And uh, many of us are looking for that same proof, that same stamp of approval. And this is what God is saying. If you give me what you have, I will put my stamp of approval on it. I will put my anointing and my power on the things you have and what you're trying to do. And it will perform the work that I have assigned for you but we got to be willing to give God what we have so this is what Shamgar does Shamgar gives God what he has but there's one last thing that Shamgar has to do Shamgar has to give to God what he doesn't have you see, in this text, the tool that he is carrying denotes and indicates his occupation. Shamgar is a farmer or herdsman. In other words, he has no military training. He has no battle experience. He, he has nothing that would suggest that he would be qualified and prepared for the assignment in front of him. And many of us feel the same way. God, how do I be a good father and I didn't have one? God, how, how do I live this life and I didn't have an example? God, how am I a good wife or a husband and I didn't see a good marriage? How do I do what you have asked me to do when I don't have the qualifications, the training, or experience to do that? 
sometimes we look at serving in church and serving in those particular opportunities and that's how we feel we shy away from getting involved because we don't think we're qualified we don't think that we can do those things but can i tell you that if we would be willing to give god what we don't have god is able to make up the difference look at what it says in second uh, corinthians chapter 9 in verse 12 he says, but he has said to me, Paul, Paul is arguing with God here again. He's saying, God, will you take this issue for me? Will you take this weakness from me? Will you take the things that I, I, I don't know how to handle it? But God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation my for my power is being perfected and completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness paul goes on to say at the latter half of that verse i boast all the more in my weakness because when i am weak he is strong what paul was trying to tell us he he's not giving us a, a license to be weak but he's giving us an invitation to lean into the strength of god and so it's not a, your opportunity to hide your weakness or to be ashamed of where you fall short it's an opportunity for you to lean into the strength of god so yeah i'm not qualified for this but where i'm weak he's strong yeah i don't have all of what it takes but my god is there to do exactly what i cannot do he's strong where i'm weak he's the light when it is dark he is the way when I am lost, where every place of weakness, God can be your strength. But we have to be willing to lean into his strength. And here's the truth, is that our insecurities, our limitations, the issues in our life, our lack, are opportunities to trust God. There are opportunities for you to decide that, yes, I don't have the administrative gifting. Yes, I probably don't deserve to be in the position I'm in. Yes, I didn't have the, the right family background. But guess what? God has placed me here. And what I don't know, he will teach me. And what I can't do, he will do for me. And where I can't go, he will go for me. God will make up the difference if we give him what we don't have. You don't have to hide behind what you don't have. And this is what Shamgar does. He says, God, I don't know how to fight, but you do. I don't know how to do this, but you do. And I'm going to trust that the God that I serve will do exactly what needs to be done to help me accomplish the task that he has given me. And this is what it takes to get all in, my brothers and sisters. We have to give God all of who we are. We have to give God all of what we have and then trust God with all of what we don't. And when we are all in, this is what God promises to do. God promises to give us an also victory. God promised to give us also victory in life. What does that mean? God always does more. In other words, when we are all in, God decides to do more. Look, look at that text. It's on your um, handout in Judges chapter 3 and verse 31. At the end, it says, he killed 600 Philistines and he also saved Israel. What that's telling you is that the second act was connected to the first act, but they are two separate acts. In other words, his obedience in the first act produced 
the second act. And what God is trying to get us to do is if we would get all in of what he's trying to do and be committed to where he has placed us and all in on who he has created us to be, God will do more in the areas that we are worried about. God will do more in things that we we haven't even thought of yet. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 3 and 20. He says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and... Do super abundantly more than all that we dare to ask or think. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. According to his power that is at work within us. Scripture gives us a few examples of these also victories. You see, Joseph was in a prison and God released him. He was faithful in that prison and God released him to the palace and that was a good thing but God also used him to save Israel, his uh, his family and Egypt. You see, the children of Israel, they got to the Red Sea and God said to go forward and they were obedient in that command and they went forward and they were saved. But God also destroyed their enemies and the greatest also victory that has ever crossed the planet. Jesus Christ lived and he died. He was hung high on the tree and he was stretched wide and he died for me and you for our sins. But three days later, he also rose with all power in his hand to give us victory in this life and the next here's the thing God wants to release some also blessings in your life here's the truth God always does more than we expect in ways we can't anticipate he always does more than we expect in ways we don't even see coming Our job is to be all in on who he has created us to be in the place he has placed us. To bloom where we're planted. To do exactly what he's called us to do in this moment. And when we do that, God won't won't only just bless us, but our life will matter to others. Here's what it is. When we are all in, it doesn't just bless us, but it makes a difference in the lives of others. I I want you to be happy. I want you to have great things. I, I want everything in your life to go well. But if you live only for yourself, you haven't accomplished why you've been sent on this planet. You were created on purpose. To make a difference in the life of others. Somebody's life is going to be different because you lived. Somebody's life is going to change because you existed. That's God's whole plan. You see, there was a problem. And in God's mind, he saw you and created the solution. He wants to use you to make an impact in this world. But you've got to be willing to be all in. Reject the lies of the enemy. You are enough because God says you are. You can because God says you can. And you will because God says you will. 
I want to pray for you today. Because there's many of you who are just walking through life. And the worst thing that could happen is at the end of your life, you don't realize why you were here. And God says, I want to deposit purpose in you now. You weren't just created to collect a check and to pay bills. Those are important. You need your lights and AC, especially during this time. Georgia's hot. But you were created to make a lasting impact. Don't believe the lie that your life is insignificant. It matters to God. You are a vital aspect of his story of redemption in the life of others. Embrace your calling. Embrace your purpose. Be all in and fully committed. Father, we thank you this day for your word that has been declared. We thank you, God, for reminding us that you chose us. And that you want us to be all in on your plan, all in on who you created us to be. So, God, help us to surrender who we are to you. Our personality, God, our flaws, our, our, our good things, the good, bad, and the ugly. Help us sur- surrender that to you. God, help us to give you what we have. Allow us to trust you to do more with what we have than we can do on our own. And God, help us to trust you in the places of our insecurities, in the places of our limitations, in the places where we lack. Help us to trust that you will make a way that you are more than enough for us. And God, Would you let faith arise in your people? Would you allow us to believe you for greater things? Allow us to expect and have a spirit of expectation that you are going to do immeasurably more than we can imagine, God. That you would do great things. And God, for the person who hasn't surrendered their life to you, let today be that day, God, where they say, Jesus, save me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. And I pray, God, that Lord Jesus' purpose will be made alive, that your gifts will be stored, uh, stirred up, God, that you would begin, Father God, to push people into destiny, God, to awaken the callings, God, that you would allow them to see now is the time to get involved. Now is the time to push forward. I don't have to wait to the end of my life. I can do it now. And in the end, God, you will get the glory out of our story. You will get the honor because it belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.